Hey, how's everybody doing? High energy. Uh, welcome. I'm putting, uh, you know, what I normally put at the end at the front because I want to tell you first that I love you and I miss you. It's been about a week. Um, secondly, that there's a Games of Thrones spoiler that's going to come in right around one hour, 15 minutes and 30 seconds, and it's going to go to one hour, 18 minutes and 30 seconds. So I just wanted to give you guys that heads up and Henning, you're gross. Aaron, you're slightly less gross. Um, uh, <laughs> and you should both rate and review the pod as penance, as well as everyone listening, uh, because you love me, because you know I love you. Enjoy. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. If we're leading off with the real two Chicago animators, old football coaches dancing with old sausages. What, yeah, it's what? Got, got good Chicago accents, man. It's always been Pick there. Pick those up in Minneapolis? Remember when we did water cooler and that one shot took us an hour because yes, I couldn't oh, yeah. stop laughing because Casey kept getting more his it didn't even start with a Chicago accent and then just it kept got more. more and more and then he knew he had me so it just kept twisting the knife not. what were you saying uh, I could I'm I, it's like on the tip of my tongue just doing that voice again those words want to come out I was like Sure, sure, okay there, okay, here we go. And I was using a pair of scissors like a tool, but it was the thumb hole of a scissor, which, like, I got was it. funnier I for me because all I did was just, like, pump the scissor, like, like this fake tool. It was, uh, at least I know part of it, it's like, you're thinking too, it's first it started, you're, th- you're thinking, thinking too hard. hard, and then it went, you're thinking too time. hard, forget about it. It was Joe Pesci. It was Joe Pesci from Casino. It was like, a, yeah, Joe Pesci through Chicago. That Joe Add Pesci. a cup of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I? Uh, yeah, but Joe Pesci from Casino That's a, is the ultimate, penultimate Chicago accent, in my opinion. Yeah. It's perfect. Chicago Scuzzbuck. <laughs> can't, can't beat him. You can't beat that all? city, you can't beat that performance, and you can't beat that actor. And speaking of performances, welcome to Jerk Practice Podcast. I am Casey. I'm Chicago I'm Dog Hans. <laughs> extra peppers, you extra pickles. You always go second. You always go second, Hans. I, I, I panicked. I was thinking too hard. Because I was like, <laughs> I got to do something Chicago. <laughs> My name's Chicago Big. Hi, I'm Tom Shanks. <laughs> I'm Chicago Shink. Big. Oh, there, I, there is definitely a man named Chicago Big, and you do not want to owe that man money. There's nothing better, and it, and it only it's a Chicago, it's L.A. I guess it's an underworld thing, pretty much, but it's pretty stereotypical first name, pretty standard first name, followed by a standard inanimate object and or just followed by simple word so you got hey i'm tommy the boot you know like it's always like you know it's tommy the boot (laughs) the more innocuous the object the scarier the person is oh with because they're like like, how do you get that name oh he killed some guy with a boot in the back of a rolls royce 
<laughs> I don't know why Rolls Royce. You know, because Giovanni the Blade, you're like, ooh, he like he cuts people, or he gave himself that name. Like either way, he's nah, thinking. He's trying too hard. <laughs> with that, but yeah, like gotta be Tom Tommy the Sock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Rock uh, oh. Rock Shotler. What was it? Oh, that was yeah, Rock Shotler. He put uh, he hits shotgun shells with rocks in a sock. That's right, the Rock <laughs> Shotler. That was you, Henning, I think. <laughs> for for one of our sketches, Casey, was this can a superhero? You, yeah, can yeah, you it was a preface that sketch. How did that go? We wrote it's it was a uh, like a of course it was an an intro to a show we did. Got so it. it was about superheroes, but it was a musical. And okay. so we, it was this escalating group of schlubby heroes as they sang about like justice. And then the, the transition was that, uh, Anne Frank oh, came God. in <laughs> again. No, and that's how we transition of Anne Frank. No, no, no. <laughs> that was the transition to then the Anne Frank sketch we mentioned three or four uh, episodes ago. So, um, so we actually sang in that sketch. Yeah, because there was the the one line was, "The chest of drawers is filled with past wars." Oh yeah, started like started by villains. That's me. I like that line. And, and no, and no, it's like great. Like it's, it, but I don't remember. I, why do we keep? Why did we? Why did we insist on singing? What? I don't know. Where did that <laughs> I can't come from? sing. Why did we insist on religion? None of us are religious, and singing. None of us can sing. Henning, I'm sorry, I, you're excluded from that because you can mm, sing. That's true. Because well, I had a guitar and I had an axe to grind against religion. I guess that's my excuse. But old fucking tin tooth, fucking rust ear over here. Me, I can't sing. <laughs> Can't carry a tune, but always insisted like this has got to be sung. I think for me it was it was hilarious that hill, making you the sing. highest hill. Like if we can do it, like yeah. this is impossible for me. Sure, like let's do a musical because that's impossible to me. Like let's... I could never be in or no. I just can it, do like a gruff. That's the tenacity, though. Like I remember specifically, like we wrote the entire musical before we sung bar one. Maybe song Henning, you right. had put it. You had put the the weird snippet uh, I'd sent you, and you'd put it to chords or notes. But remember the rehearsal. I'll never forget the rehearsal. Where all right, it's time to crack our knuckles, and we couldn't even come in on the appropriate beat or whatever you call it no it just kept repeating and we just couldn't do it you're better than me it got to the point where henning said i'm going to touch your shoulder (laughs) and then you can sing when i touch you because that's how much i I just i couldn't get it i couldn't hit the the note i couldn't hit the beat i could sing badly as like a guy who sings bad but you're even like you start at the wrong spot. <laughs> I bet you There's could now because we had put so much on us early in our quote unquote sketch career. Cause we're like, we're going to do the biggest festival that comes to that area. We're going to make it right. a musical. 
and yeah. we were going to be the ones to sing it. And then it was like, all right, our show's in two weeks or something yeah. stupid. And we're going to record all these videos. We never really did videos before. Like, it was a very ambitious production, which is awesome. This was yeah. but, so the I think Minneapolis that, get, mm-hmm. Sketch Fest? What was this? Fringe. The Fringe, Fringe Festival. Fringe Festival, right. And we got um, in some. How did we get in? Uh, we made the deadline, Henning, and <laughs> paid the fee. Hey, oh, they had they denied a few people that true, didn't yeah. make the deadline. We had Moxie. <laughs> we had Moxie. Uh, yeah, we just submitted. Some of the MST3K people got shows. It One was, of them didn't because they were late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think we were actually late too, and there was like the the, the rumor goes that. There were two like last down the wire submissions, us and this other person from uh, MST3K fame, and they took us. But again, probably because one, that's not true at all. Two, uh, that's a mythology, baby. I know. Why do I Mary Mary K Place or whatever your name is? Put that on our T-shirt. I I gotta remember Lyndon Boots Johnson with mythology. You know what I mean. Lindy the Boots. Yes. I that's a hard transition, but um, I'll get to it. Hey, baby girl, how you doing? I was snuck. Hi, Harv. Hi. What's up, the Harv? Baby, you want to come see Harvey Georgia? You want to? You sneaking in? You want to say hello? HG. There HG she is. smells. Pew. <laughs> Pew. You smell. We made salmon tonight, so you, you smell like a, a dock. A Can't yard. wait to get on that mic, Harvey. Oh yeah. Does she? Does Harvey like? Um, is she a picky eater at all? No. Yeah. That's she nice. does. She fakes. She fakes it. You give her something, she goes, and then she'll come back like three seconds later, and it's like, no, that was actually very good. Laura, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I, I, I ham it up. For the performance of like, ew, gross. <laughs> but she she will eat what we eat, basically. I, um, Ruby, we had a cookout for her first birthday today. And so I made a cake. And she, like, you, you, you she only has two bottom teeth. So you're like, but she, she ate a man-sized piece of cake. So if you can't see the bags, yeah. if you don't know why I give myself haircuts now. She oh yeah is a, a pure madness. She's she's yeah. she's the Riddler. She went insane, and so it was like just ob- and it was so obvious. It was just madness, like crazy sugar high to huge crash. Because she just I don't know how, she she sucked it down like a snake. She doesn't have any teeth to chew yeah. it, so it was just <clears throat> just push it, it down. No, not not even a. Like, I wish I had that back. Like, I choked on a piece of steak in 2006, and I still have a fear of swallowing. You know what I mean? Like, like she doesn't have that yet. She hasn't had the, she hasn't had the, the, uh, the yeah. lone large piece of steak on uh, Christmas Eve alone in Brooklyn while you're just no, crying I, out I like, for help. I got one, fi- I got one fish bone in a piece of fish one time, and now I am like, it's like the fucking scene in Temple of Doom. Like, I think every any piece of fish is poison. I'm like, it's full of bones. We might as well be eating a sack of fucking bones. Yeah. The fears you so get. So just always check, always like, 
<laughs> I love it. I love this, but like, there... oh, no, oh, that's a hair. That's one of my giant beard hairs that I have. It's not a fishbone. There was a show, uh, like there was a long stretch. It's probably still on there on TLC, the TLC channel, where they were like, I don't know, it was reality show, but it was like, let's call it real extreme reality TV, like sing single narrative person focus, and one show was like. I eat the weirdest shit or I only eat this. And one person was like, I only eat cheese and potatoes. And then a doctor would come in and be like, if you keep only eating cheese and potatoes, you're going to die. Cause they were o- overweight mm. and like had bad cholesterol and stuff. And then one woman was like, I only eat dryer sheets. And a doctor would have to come in and like, what? or a chemist came in and said, Hey, these are all the chemicals and dryer sheets. You're going to die. And then a psychologist comes in and is like, you eat dryer sheets because you know, your dad trapped you in a dryer and blew cigarette smoke in it. You know, like it's, oh, it's horrible. Right, yeah. But then there was another one where it was like my, it, I guess a phobia is an un, uh, unquantitative fear or something, right? It's already unreasonable, a, unreasonable fear. But these were like the most unreasonable of fears, right? Or it was like my freakish phobia for real. And one I could so relate to, but I was like, oh, thank God it didn't get quite there. And it was just this woman. She was out at a restaurant. Life was normal. She fucking choked on a piece of bad meat. And then she just couldn't swallow to the point where, like, she just, like, pretty much stopped eating. So she only drank in – and I don't get when people do this. Like, she only drank in liquid – it had her meals in liquid form. But I don't get what what goes on in people's heads with – like, like if I'm going to have a liquid diet, personally, I'm going to go, all right, I'm going to do a protein, and then I guess it's going to be a lots of fruits and veg. It's going to be this type of protein, right? Shake, like a pea sure. protein or whey protein, whatever. whatever. But it's always – anytime you see somebody like that, like, they're like – go ahead, yeah. No, I was just going to say, and then just as a human, you're like, I'm going to mix it up because I can't just have a vanilla shake – Right. Every single day, three meals a day. But I'm just just the flavors. You want a different flavor. But I don't get this one. She would blend up whatever everybody else was having for their meal together. And that I I always see. And I'm like, I just I don't see the you talked about salmon. No, I don't like the idea of salmon and cauliflower and, you know, a tomato salad tonight all blended up in a straw and that's what she would do yeah that's disgusting to me um but anyways so she would only do that and then they were trying to slowly wean her so she would start like only eating like a single pea at a time and they had to bring a doctor in and the doctor came in mm-hmm. and they took um an x-ray and video of her while she was swallowing food to show that like there's no chance that food – like that your body is made – Food can't to, kill you. Yeah. Your body is made to swallow food. Like when you think – because she always felt like she was choking. That's what's scary too. Even if she was eating like a couple peas, mm-hmm. she felt like they were getting stuck in her throat. So they're like – you mm-hmm. see when you think you're choking, that's in – psychosomatic. That's in your head. You're totally <clears throat> biologically fine. Um, how was I getting to that? Choking on meat choking oh just ruby man going no it is well, it, too much sugar you know yeah. you yeah. get it like the chemicals 
we put in i know it's stupid i know there's a lot worse things but like you can see it man in like a untampered with body and you add something like that it you can just see the effects so clearly go ahead when it's like you're talking about like that like tactile connection to food and like i heard this uh story on npr this was years ago but it has stuck with me just because this man's description of what he went through was so vivid and it gave me the heebie-jeebies so this guy ended up having like really bad like ulcerative colitis Mm -hmm. so he had to get a, a device that like like basically an artificial stomach so they, uh, they gave him yeah. medication and they treated him, but he basically, for all intents and purposes, stopped eating like a human. Like he stopped consuming food through his mouth. He was taking proteins and shakes like directly into his body and surpassing all of his like Oof, above the navel man. processes. Neat. Did he have like an external stomach that he would just Yeah, that was basically a like into? a protein slurry like the thing, and they would like like an iv it was just full of like nutrition and acids and like everything you need like like a machine like if you were feeding a machine like that's what he had oil and he talked about getting this crazy and it, he was like it didn't take very long like disassociation but obsession with food because he stopped eating food and his body, like, he was like, I'm full, I'm healthy, I'm doing this. But then he got, he told this story about his wife. I think it was one of his kids' birthday. There was some event, and they had cake. Yeah. And he was like, I never really gave a shit about cake. I didn't care about cake. But, like, I saw this cake. Yeah. And he knew he couldn't eat it. He knew he couldn't take it in. And he had this compulsion where he had to put his hands in it like he had to touch it just to experience it and like just like sort of like lost connection and his wife walked in and was like what the fuck are you doing and he's like what what are you talking about and he was just like had his like up to his elbows in this cake just like touching it and like he was like that's when he started noticing but then the other crazy thing is he was walking around his neighborhood and he was a New Yorker. So he was in like Park Slope. He was like out just like, I got to take a fucking walk one day. He got a whiff of like a grill and like like an animated cartoon, like a hobo, like floating on the like the smell of food. He like wandered into this guy's backyard and started flipping the chicken and the burgers just like un. <laughs> Without, like, control, like a fucking zombie. And he did. The guy came out and was like, hey, what are you doing? And he just was like, uh, 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 and just ran off. Like, he These didn't eat any of the food. He just ne- he had this, like, deep-seated connection to this food and the smell. And, like, he knew precise. He was like, I knew this shit needed to be flipped or was going to be burnt. And just this weird, like, normally you smell, you're like, hey, it's a grill. Mm, summer. I wonder... Maybe so, he had just to like, just had to feel like a normal human being again just, by like just touching cutting, food, even though he yeah, can't eat like, it. Cutting off that connection 
So like you said, like just like fucking that sugar rush, like <laughs> just taking it in, like the the idea of like being able to do something for the first time again. I would. I wonder if that's like a a construct thing, though. If we all just at birth they gave us these external stomachs with these hook packs where we could just put a pack in, mm-hmm. charge ourselves up yeah. like a battery, and we never experienced mm-hmm. the need to stop and eat if we would have that well i guess but also nobody'd be cooking or anything it saves so much time don't you think right if you could just have like a you stop at a station and it just shoots you full of the caloric intake you need you know yeah, you're i wonder like, how that would go you know you're you, like you're you're Your a little brain less would passionate atrophy, about though. life when you're like wouldn't it be great if i could just charge up at a shell and then i'd have no, an exactly. extra hour to watch my freakish fantasy on tlc eating food like taking in other organisms is such a such an old thing like yeah. back when we were single cells we were still eating stuff sure like it's such a basic thing to all animals right only a plant could get the energy they need just from the sun. So no, like, if we so took to, that away, suddenly humans, how then would that go psychologically? You're not a human then. Then you become, like you said, Henning, you're like a plant or a machine. You become an other. What? If, once you eliminate that part of th- – then you're not human. Then it's just you're something else. What if – Not animal. You're onto you're, something. You're like a car. What's the fucking view of your car? No, you got Henry. You got legally, physically, technically a car. I'm just. I want to be a car, motherfucker. (laughs) Model C. Uh, but think about it. If we all had like, well, let's call them plant packs, trademarked. Mm -hmm. Basically, just uh, what plants take in CO two and release oxygen, correct? Right. Yes. So we just need, and they get that, and they get something from the sun for photosynthesis, right? Yeah, they need the sun's energy to power the whole thing. So we power need, like, pumping and, and basically solar panels the chemical on our dome. Reaction. Yeah. And then, like, a couple hoses to the nose and the nasal cavity, sun power, bring in the old CO2. Breathe out the oxygen into another hose going back into us, taking in the same oxygen. There'll be a few test subjects. You're just describing Dune, except on a planet with grass. So you're just describing grass. (laughs) Just describe the Fremen from Dune, except just like, hey man, we're just grass. I got a grassy back and I drink grass. I am grass. (laughs) Like, we're groovy, dude. Buddhism says, man. Grass backs. No man shall pass until even the last blade of grass is found. <coughs> Dharma. We, and has a hose we, hooked to their brain. That bong smoke <laughs> is rolling it. out of your back hole. <laughs> you just you just you just turn all humans into bongs. That's all you wanted. Uh, that's this would solve climate movie. change, by the way. Yeah. Half of all humans are now grass backs. I know how oh, the Republicans. Back. Oh, Henning, that's spicy. That is spicy. The old grassback. Pre-racist. Grassbacks. Go back. Go back to Portland. 
<laughs> go back to Oregon, back. Colorado, Washington, D.C. I'm just thinking plays that legalized fucking marijuana. You old grass back. <laughs> if the Republicans want to get people on their side for climate or for the for not um, going forward with the Green New Deal, some mm. they just have to pay some bullshit pay for play science lab to um, uh, associate weed, sm- weed smoke with um, climate, the, the climate change. So they'll show that the climate is rising, but then they'll have all the weeders like, they'll be like, but you're the reason for it. So all you got to do is stop smoking Fake weed. And clouds like, or a green I don't gas. know, man. Trump's got some good oh. ideas, I guess. <laughs> oh, and that bar graph is just different heights of bongs. Done. <laughs> or cruddy water in a bong. Oh yeah, it'll polluting our rivers with bong water. So it's just these <laughs> sludgy buildups. All the Cheeto wrappers and that giant garbage ball floating in the ocean. The ozone layer high as fuck. <laughs> it's wow. not high enough, man. This ain't bad. How to how to get Republicans to give a shit about the environment? Just they need an enemy, it. and hippies fit the bill. Oh, <laughs> they need someone to, to hate. I don't give a shit about the environment, but if they can screw oh, over yeah. weeders, they need to dirty at the those, same time. Uh, uh, henning, grassbacks, grassbacks, not weeder. It's grassback. <laughs> so uh, real quick, guys, break. Uh, Meg just joined us. You there, Meg? Hi. Got you on that mic. Hi. Uh, Aaron might be here in a minute. Okay. What's going on? He's getting getting dried. Long uh, day, right? It's just the, the fun of putting a baby to sleep. Yeah. After <laughs> I was telling them, <laughs> after, after sugar, she sucked down sugar, sugar. a man-sized piece of yeah. cake. Yeah. Crazy. I, was, I couldn't figure out how she can do that without choking. Like how? How's it's that too possible? Good. It was madness. Yeah, she has everything to live for after that point. I've just had cake. I'm not choking on this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Blend it up for all I care. I got, I got I got more cake in my future. Like now, I get what this life thing is about. Yeah, that's kind of it, right? Like, like that's the for that for the first time. She actually had a cup. We were in Disney for her birthday, so she had a cupcake on her birthday, which was two cupcakes. Two cupcakes, which Breakfast was Thursday. And um, but if you think about birthday, it, because she, 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 I don't know, maybe natural sugars do that. But we, mm. it scientifically, you know, that same doctor that showed that choking woman she wasn't choking. He did an X-ray of our <laughs> yeah. brain when we eat a, a ho ho, and but like actual, their science shows that the receptors ping go off when we get mm-hmm. that sugar yeah and i'm not gonna say the same way that fentanyl does brah right <laughs> when you eat a big mac you're doing a dose but i mean you snort a rail and then you you eat a rail of fucking <laughs> devil dogs <laughs> but um so if you think about it it literally is the first time in her life that that actually pinged on so like we were talking yeah. about last time it's like you know I'm not smoking weed for a month, bro. Not just because of the climate, but because <laughs> it's gonna feel so good when it when I get stoned again. So, man, well, she like it, was feeling good. 
What is gross to think like when you're a kid and you're like, I've, I've it's sad to say, maybe it's just me. It's like, I've drank so many Mountain Dews, I'm out of breath. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you're just like. <laughs> I, uh, your blood you're is pumping so hard. Yeah, it's you're green, sweating. baby. <laughs> For the last month, Meg and I, I can talk about this, right? We just like cut out. We're like, let's just cut out processed foods. And for me, a big one was like, let me cut out like soda and stuff. Cause like, as soon as I get to work, it was just easy to drink like a Diet Coke instead of making a cup mm. of coffee or whatever. And no more I, soda jerks? No, no, no. Um, I was just like, let me cut it out and see how I feel. <laughs> and immediately it just worked out. So the neck, like the, to the 30 days of the month, was Ruby's birthday, and we were going on, <laughs> and we were going on vacation. So it was like, all right, well, we're on vacation. We're going to Disney World. So let's have all the garbage they sell you there. And mm-hmm. it's just like, just feel like a slug today. It just hits you. Right, yeah. So that's why you just that is why you promote fucking um, balance, right? It's like you shouldn't get to a point where you need to go, I need to cut this all out, right? Because that's what you hear. Everybody's like, I need to cleanse. I need to detox. I need to get everything out. It's like, no, Hans, you need to drink one Diet Coke a day or one Diet Coke every other day. And most people say you never need to drink them, but they're there. It's the spice of life. It's just like you said, Henning, like cake. Now I know why I live. You got to have some shit, right? Otherwise you're... Otherwise, you're Hitler. Right, you're just taking Hitler never had hands. a drink. You know, <laughs> he was yeah. he oh, was tense. Yes, and and he was a vegan or whatever the fuck. Oh, that's he right. Said. It was that's like, so good. Oh, I forgot oh, sorry, about Amber. that. Except he was fucking high and up to his fucking nuts on fucking any type of fucking chemical compound you could make. They pumped him full of goat shit. If it's to be believed. Like, the science was he... You never heard that? Uh-uh. He had a doctor who, like, was obvious, you know, just a, a quack. But So the main part of his boost, he would take a shot every day or multiple times a day eventually. He basically, and Casey, correct me if I'm I'm off here, but the, the primary ingredient was methamphetamine. Like, Hitler was legitimately a meth addict. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Call it whatever you want. The chemical compound was as close to methamphetamine as not. An upper. Right. An extreme upper. And he no, would he intravenously uppers, get like, it. Oh, yeah. And then downers to sleep. But they would mix all this crazy shit in there because the science, they were testing shit out. So they're like, the same probably where you hear like, I'm implanting baby shit to get my gut brain going. They were like, let's put some goat shit in it. Goats are strong, so like they I wouldn't were... <laughs> have thought he would he would agree to experiment on himself. Well, he didn't know what was going on. on. He had a doctor, because uh, he's Doctors the best. Would dare? He's the best leader ever, Henning. Of course, he's gonna let it go on him. He's gonna take it. <laughs> if I'm gonna pro- lead the or he the, didn't know the Thousand Years Reich. Yeah, I'm gonna eat goat shit. If that's what it takes. Like, or you said, or he had no fucking idea, and he thought it was gin. Well, or that's fucking shoe polish. The guy was probably like, you know, let's test with the mixture a little bit. How about a little of this goat shit? And I don't know, five more milligrams of meth. So when he gets it, Hitler's like, I don't know what you did to the mix, to the brew tonight, but it's spot on. 
<laughs> Thumbs up. Zang. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so fucking crazy to think about. I've never thought about it in terms of like, well, of course they treated it like it was a fucking keg party. You have all these fucking pseudoscientist guys who are like, I've never tried or done this before. This guy's crazy. He's going to let me do it? You're going to let me do this? He's going to do it? Okay, dude. How about you snort mustard? And he's like, I'm snorting fucking mustard. <laughs> it's just like a fucking party. And he's just a fucking. How do. Uh, uh, let's be honest. We're. And, uh, I will eat goat shit. I will eat whatever you put in front of me. Hyphen Adolf Hitler. Hit, 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 <laughs> hit, 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 hit. <laughs> just I'm going to need a little ranch. <laughs> you just see him in his letterman's sweater, in his fraternity sweater. <laughs> like a, a fucking Nazi letterman with like a letterman jacket, but it's a swastika instead. I'm going to Google that, sadly. But there has to be, isn't there any creative neo-Nazis out there that's like, you know what? I'm sick of the, I'm <laughs> sick of the black Hitler. vest with racist flags on it. I want to tone it sharp, down a though. bit. I, I want, want a little flair. You know, something Kanye would wear, you know, like a exactly. like, I'm jacket with like, Tweety Bird on it. Really like that, but a the part that's the fabric is like really like that nice, deep, rich red. Oh, the yeah. sleeves oh, are God. white. Back is the flag. You've got the circle at the spot. Like, that's a sharp looking jacket if you're a neo Nazi. And it's got, you know, like, I don't, at least or a fraternity. School, kids would get, like, for academic accolades or for achievements, they'd get a special pin that represented that. So all the scumbums or the achievers, I guess, <laughs> right. would have their shirts full of pins. <laughs> Anybody who was like, good. Horrible racist pins. Oh, what was I getting that? Oh, this one takes me back to Lindy Boots Johnson. Two, uh, ties in Disney. Three, ties in Hitler with his methamphetamine shots. Were people back then just made of a different type, uh, cut from a different type of cloth? This has nothing to do with, you know, how Hitler was the most evil person in the world, how Lindy Johnson was one of the greatest communic- sen- senators in the world. Um, yeah. Or most effective, I should say. Um, but uh, and then I want to go to uh, da, 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 um, who's always talked about with Hitler. Oh, FDR. Like these mm-hmm. guys, the stories we hear, unless they're lore, but there's been too much documentation to show that it's true. Adolf Hitler took multiple meth amphetamine injections daily, and then an He's injection a of. Yes. Uh, a highly um, induced sedative at night to sleep. And yet, as fucking crazy as he is, he looks, he's at least able to compose himself for a speech. It's high energy, yes, and I know that's an understatement. This isn't yeah. praise of him, but he got the <laughs> yeah. words out. Do you understand where I'm getting at this? Anybody today that I can think of is. Who took that amount of. They're, they're in a garage with me. Like, they just live in a garage if they are lucky enough to still have a garage. Like, there's no fully functional what, yeah. people that shoot meth that much. Going back to the shitty channels, like Intervention and shit, like, people that shoot up all the time. So, is that a different cloth? Is it a different time? FDR apparently drank up to 
it was like seven or eight martinis a day. That is a crazy amount of throughout the day. Anybody FDR or LBJ? FDR. I'll get to LBJ. Okay. It's just LBJ is just linked in one to link back with what I'm talking about, but two with Disney and the Hall of Presidents. But two, so he drank the, he drank continuously throughout the day. Yet when you see him, he is mm-hmm. composed, and I just like you just don't see that now. Like I I don't know anybody that I've personally come in contact with or people in the limelight. They're always going off to rehab or, you know, under whatever guise they need a Mm -hmm. rejuvenation. Like, was there something different about the character of men and women back then where they could just like, they were just harder people? I, I think possibly the social safety net didn't exist. Okay. So it's like you either do this and like fall into literally fall into the gutter or yeah. you succeed despite your like I see like when someone it, when someone tried it and failed back then they weren't visible because they were dead uh, like you just don't you don't have you any only risk. see the successful people you don't have any and also who are like, able to take it like and FDR. not to be crass, but like you have less of a timeline. Like people lived less, so it's sort of like when right. you when we're we're heaping on credit on these people, it was like, oh man, he was fucking hard living, hard talking. He did his shit and he was gone. And it was like, yeah, because you didn't know him actually, because he died twenty years ago. Like right. so, we you, we get you get some of that mythology heaped onto you. Whereas now people live longer, so we get to see the ups and the downs. You get to see somebody, like, start on top, crash out, come back up, redeem themselves, and then, like, fucking live long enough to become a pain in the ass again. Gotcha. Um, yeah, uh, well, and, I, and also, yeah. I think I think the Hitler thing, I don't think he, if he knew he was on meth, he probably would have spiraled even more out of control. I just think there was that, like... Oh, that's so. This is right a vitamin. On. That's so like, right on. Like, there's like no self awareness to like, like obviously, like if you are injected with heroin every day, eventually, like you're just gonna be asleep all the time, whether you realize you're on heroin or not. If someone tells you it's like special K, and you're like, cool, this is breakfast, but like he just was like, this is vitamin C to me. That's so right on. Yeah, his because JFK had the same thing. They had Dr. Feelgood and people around him. He, he just got shot up with the same, well, with a, an amphetamine is what it was. And he was just like, this makes me feel amazing. And the guy didn't tell him like, hey, these are, it wasn't even illegal then, right? He's just like, yeah. these will help you feel better. And he went, oh, again, like you it's, said, call it a vitamin or not. It's, it's a vitamin. It's terrible, but they called them fucking like pep pills. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. There's an amazing episode of of Mad Men where they're like fucking working hard to like like crack down and get this like account and this one guy is just like, "Hey, no, like I know a doctor. He's just going to give us this, this injection." And it's like B vitamins. Like you're just getting an injection of B vitamins. So all these like rough and tumble New York dudes are like, "Yeah, we're going to work all night. Give me this fucking injection. This guy's always on." And then the episode descends into the fucking crazy drug-fueled whatever was in that guy's fucking like 
syringe. Like all of a sudden it's like just quick cuts and some guys doing a tap dance. And you're just <laughs> like, holy shit. I think what that guy got was speed. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they were just like, this is what we take. So then they like were doing work for a while. And all of a sudden some guys just like, hey, guys, you you guys know I knew, knew how to tap dance. And then all of a sudden everybody's just running around with their shirts off. They, um, uh, uh, I bring, uh, into that, I don't know what LBJ's vice was. I know he was like, he was a bourbon guy or whatever. And again, they talk about how he just drank all day and he was fine. It's like, there's that bit, uh, Louis CK does. He's like, every time you watch a movie or a big business deal goes down, the guys always either start by offering somebody a drink and he's like, it's 10 AM. How is the next shot of that movie or show? Not everybody sleeping on the floor. Because you can just, yeah, like, drink no, all true. day. But I think you're right, too, as part of that with, like, just the social structure. It's like, yeah, but I'm not going to get a ticket if I get in my car. So that's not in the back of my mind that I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. Uh, yeah. People aren't going to, you know, it's so so much more socially acceptable that, you know, I'm not going to be looked down upon if I smell like scotch at noon at the deli or whatever. But um, And you don't know what an addict looks like yet because they're not around they're not part of culture yet you don't know the you don't know the bad effects no greenbacks because you right and you don't see like it's sort of like it's like oh he had to quit his job stress a lot of stress you know like it's dressed up as something else and it was like oh yeah he went to that he had to go to a a retreat from stress most likely probably because he was euphemized and hidden away drinking to alleviate stress and then one feeds into the other. And then it's like, this guy's never not fucking half in the bag. Yeah, sure. I bring up, I'm really trying to get into it, but the, so LBJ, I'm trying to get these LBJ's bourbon boots. (laughs) Thank you. So uh, I was at Disney for Ruby's birthday. Um, A few, a few things on that. Uh, You guys have been right. I'd never been before. Yeah. I never have been to Disney World, no. But you've been to La Land. Yeah. I would yeah, imagine when I was twelve. I would imagine same thing. Just pristine. Uh mm-hmm. right. This in- sure. intriguing vision of you know, fantasy yeah. and um uh not they not, don't have not, a hall not, of presidents though. Not high fantasy. So the Hall of Presidents. So that started my high fantasy. Yeah, there was not a lot of people there, but then it started raining. <laughs> started raining, so it filled up a little bit. <laughs> um, but you, so you walk in, and there's probably like eight cabinets of presidential memorabilia, which you guys know. I shouldn't say memorabilia, mm-hmm. artifact. A pre, what would you call it? It's not an artifact, but presidential mm-hmm. ephemera. Items. Ephemera. Yeah. Okay. Like so cold combs to me. and shoes. But and as I'm that. standing there, I'm just like, and I'm like, ooh. I don't think audibly, but I was just like, you know, you just you become self aware, and I'm just laughing at myself because I was ooing over um, uh, President Ford's skis for real. It's a real <laughs> thing. <laughs> and then what? Oh, there's so many. Oh, Bill Clinton's dogs, buddies bone tag that says please return to president clinton like his name tag oh god yeah 
But then out of the left corner of my eye, I'm like, what is that glittery? What? Or just shiny, shiny as the dark as night and shiny as the, the, the sky. LBJ's boots. And they were just, and it was just, it was like what we were talking about with like sometimes just simple words together make you laugh. So I'm looking at these big, beautiful, Mm -hmm. shiny, unscuffed black boots. And I'm like, whose boots are these? And just says LBJ's boots. And then the description (laughs) is basically like LBJ liked to wear boots. These were a pair of his real boots. He died in 1974 or something. That's like, crazy. Um, and so one other interesting thing, and I was like, I got to ask these guys. Cause I think Meg kind of explained it to me. Cause I was like, wow, this is a real deal. It was like George Washington's array of buckles. Here's an original shoe buckle. And it was this Liberace diamond studded encrusted, beautiful shoe buckle. But then right above it was a matching bigger buckle. And it was George Washington's knee buckle. Knee buckle? (laughs) What? (laughs) And so apparently what we could deduce, and I'll have to actually look it up. I should have done it before the pod, is it's a buckle you put on your knee britches because they go halfway down that keep your Uh, socks like hooked to your knee britches. Or your knee they bridges. Keep your socks up, or do they keep your, your tights? Your britches down. Yeah, the <laughs> biggest beautiful knee buckle you've ever seen. I was like, I love this guy was buckle, a king. Just, like, I guess now that I think of pilgrims or something, you'd sometimes see a buckle off to the side of their knee, just like, below it, perhaps. Like a cinch, just to cinch those pants shut. You gotta I just get love, the whole like, set. Hat knee buckle, buckle belt shoe. To me, just as I'm like, knee. ouch. Practicality way, I'm like, I'm thinking like on the kneecap, like ouch. Yeah, ouch. Yeah, sure. But then, That's but then also, as a super fucking hero comic book guy, I'm like, oh yeah, like a fucking and a wrestling guy. I'm like, like a nice glittery like oh. buckle on the top of like a George Washington boot. Sure. Like I, mean, I can picture this now. It was. It, you know, you guys know I'm trying to catch up on Game of Thrones, like, so, and so it's so, Meg and I just went, no other TV, no other shows, if we're gonna watch something, we'll watch an episode of this, let's get caught up, so it's just so ingrained in my head right now, I was just like, you know, we always hear of George Washington as a founding father, like, the, the founding fathers, get away from the king, and you mm-hmm. just see him shining up this golden diamond encrusted knee buckle oh don't you for a second think he shined his own knee buckles oh dude. i know i know i was gonna say it but I, I didn't want more vitriol to come out of my mouth even though i'm it's anti i just uh so i walk past a knee I, buckle requires you bend at the waist I, i'm george washington i never bend at the waist one thing that was cool and i will get into the hall of presidents was one thing that i was like all right this this is super interesting. And I was like, wow, the curator of this exhibit or museum or whatever you call it is, has something here because they had something from Richard Nixon and Richard Nixon is at least until now, the most by many, the, the worst, most vile president, you know, um, Mm -hmm. 
a bad character, lying, cheat, evil? Like, how do you soften? Uh, yeah. Who who else could be worse? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Well, I'm getting who are, him. Who are you, I'm what are you alluding to, to? I haven't been in the hall yet. Um, how do you? <laughs> but he's still a president, so he has to be involved in the hall of presidents. How do you soften that edge of Richard Nixon so he's involved, right? And the way they did it is what they included for him was a fourth grade essay that young Richard Nixon wrote. So it's this cute, poor, cursive essay about I live in in, quote so-and-so California. I was so happy to attend the Cornhusk Festival on two. And I was like reading this and I was like, that instantly softened. I was like, it instantly took me back to like, there was a point. He was a kid. Where he was a kid. He was a human being before he was just this guy who's this bigger than life villain character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because he was, because you're not going to get that. You are not going to get that fourth grade essay with the current president. Like, if you oh, want to soften his edge, you can't go oh, that DT? way. DT? And it's not even his fault because you wouldn't even go. No, he's young enough that it would be pen and paper. But there's no fucking way. There's no way. Like his family was too well off and too guarded that as soon as he started getting any status, mm-hmm. they're like, you remember those essays that our moron son wrote? Burn, Burn them. it. Burn that shit. It's just like. Um, and the rest che- of his career never had to write an essay again. Yeah. Chester, pay your way through. Not Chester, Buchanan. This is true. Buchanan destroyed all of his correspondence and all of his letters and all of his files before he died. There's like no record of personal musings, anything about him. No and no explanation why. They were just like, I'm super interested now. I'm like, what did fucking Buchanan know or have to say? Maybe nothing. Maybe it was all just fucking. Just like, man, the corn grew high this year, and he saw it at the end of his life and was like, I'm an idiot. Burn it. (laughs) Which then makes him a genius. Right. I feel like there's a possibility that where he's just like, look, (laughs) the presidency is um, at this level. He's already – Buchanan was president before um, uh, Lincoln. So, like, he's already seen that presidents are exalted, put on this pedestal, and he's like – they're fucking keeping Washington's knee buckle. What are they going to do with my journal talking about, you know, how rain, how my basement flooded and what a nightmare <laughs> Tuesday was. He's like, just burn it. They've got whatever like official documents when I was president. They keep that in the Library of Congress. My letter to Tony, my neighbor about, you know, <laughs> Tell me. you know, about which the- he mailed. He could have just given it to him across the fence, but he had to mail it. Let's just burn Tony. Let's burn Tony out of existence. I'm just loving, like, now we're getting into, like, that's a jerk practice sketch, James Buchanan's Lost Letters. And it's about mm-hmm. how much he hates Tuesdays and how much he hates Tony. That's right. it. That's it. And can you imagine, most presidents are also aware of their um, legacy. So they will go back. Now they write a memoir, right? That really yeah. became set in stone. Other first presidents did, but as far as memoir, memoir, it goes grant. Now every president kind of does. But they had like an idea. So they will go back and like, you know, I want to be remembered this way. And what if Buchanan's like, all right, here we go. And he just starts leafing through and he just goes, 
I got nothing. I am a fool. Like, I, like, and I'm so close to death, I can't like start faking it. You know, like I'll write this letter in this <laughs> yeah, ink right. and say it's from this year, and then I'll write yeah, this one with a to, pencil like... in block letters, and I'll say it's from this year, and I'll have this great com- compilation of my life. He's just like, I'm dying. Throw it all in the fire. Oh my god, that's so good because he's too much of a doofus. Like he doesn't even know famous people to fake writing letters to he'd be like uh, uh can you write a letter to jesus <laughs> right no uh, how about santa um how do we get on oh legacy oh yes yeah, uh, so i don't know buchanan buchanan the last unself-aware president because it's perfect because <laughs> then you have lincoln who is oh, yeah. very like whatever you can dig up on the dude like history is favorable on lincoln very self-aware, very educated, very adroit. Like, and then you have this guy's just like, "I'm not that dude. I'm not that dude. Burn it, burn it all." This is just one long run-on sentence. <laughs> Never use punctuation. That's the end of it. I don't know what punctuation is. Burn it. Imposter syndrome. I'm a fraud. <laughs> but the the. He was aware at the end of his life, though. The display of oh, it's totally that match, the last match, and he like that's the moment he became self-aware. He was like, "This is it, burn it, go!" But that's when he gets like, uh, you know, Tom Slink, the local jeweler. He's like, "I need the fanciest array of chest buckles you've ever made." <laughs> Because they got to put something in the cabinet for me. <laughs> he looks like Chewbacca, but he's just got that bandoleros, but it's just like gaudy jewelry. Rest in peace, Chewbacca. Chewbacca's right. alive. Peter no. Mayhew. Peter Mayhew has passed the mortal coil, however. You, you said his name I like he was a to... villain. Wow, he's not a villain. He's, it's unfortunate that he's gone. He sh- it's too bad he he needed like real functional knee buckles like when he was 27 his knees were dust he was so tall poor guy it's, I mean poor guy I mean he would have suffered if he was chewy or not right or did he do too many chewy stunts and that's why he was he like <laughs> yes. that was he like the bass the bass voice guy from the Temptations from that made for TV Temptations movie where there's so they made a made for made me so sad and scared for life that was impending. <laughs> like they just it was like a five part Temptations, the band miniseries. And from it was their rise and their fall and one like fell into substance abuse and this and that. But then from episode four to five, there was just the longest gap of time and they were old men and they come in and they're like. Still, like, with it, but they're older. And then the bass guy, who was, like, taller, just <laughs> wheelchairs in. He's like, I lost my knees because too many dance moves. Like, literally, <laughs> they're like, he did too many spins. <laughs> too many twists. And then they cut back, speaking of all these injections, like like a um, flashback. And the doctor's like, you can't dance tonight. Your knees are too full of fluid. And he's like, drain them. We're playing the Palladium. He's like, all right. And he's like, if you get too many of these cortisone shots, you're going to be crippled. And he's like, the music must go on. And you then can't he, cripple a temptation. But he literally, guys, he wheels himself in. 
they're like, oh, poor, you know, Jonas. He doesn't got any more spins left in him, Jonas. Oh, Jonas. <laughs> and it's his 70th birthday. He wheels in. He blows out his cake. Everybody leaves the room, and then they come back, and they're like, Jonas? Jonas? <laughs> he died blowing out his cake. Like, in the three minutes they walked out of the room, they come back, and he slumped over his wheelchair. God. I, don't I was hoping it was would Jonas, be like but. spin damage. He tried one last spin. Cake is with you at the beginning of life and at the end. Yep. Oh, well, see? Not to, be, not to be macabre, but speaking on the same temptation y wavelength, like Peter Mayhew almost died on May 4th, which uh, is the big yeah. Star Wars May the 4th be with you day. It's like a July Fourth conspiracy. What do you guys? Yeah. What do you guys think? Yay or nay? Like better that he died on his own day, or worse if he just died on like ah, Star Wars guy dies on Star Wars Day. If it so, are you saying should he have? And this is macabre and rest in peace. Should he have maybe ended it a day sooner? He, or he, because he didn't he know didn't, he was going to die. I'm just saying like. He went too early, though. I had heard he died and then had completely forgotten about the whole May the 4th be with you rigmarole. Sure. And until after it happened and I went, holy shit, Peter Mayhew almost died on like Star Wars Day. Yeah. I was like, thankfully, he got his own time outside of like because everyone's like Chewbacca is dead you know and it's like I'm a man like I lived a life I wore a, I wore a dog head for a while but like I do other things like did he, I'm just saying what, like, did he, was he in like a horror movie or something no he was only Chewbacca I've seen him <laughs> at comic cons like he I'm wore sure. like a, a hollowed out he basically had the fucking Chewbacca version of a letterman jacket did he burn all sleeves. his correspondence <laughs> we have to we'll find out this week uh let's not and like you said yeah he is a man and maybe he didn't do anything else but he obviously did i'm sure he had a family and all this stuff like but how many people were fucking chewbacca one guy that's an awesome life yeah i think are, unless yeah. he was abused or something you know mistreated because well, i mean george he, lucas abused him i mean he couldn't have been right because i hate to say it but let's be honest, it is one of the characters where you could, you know, pull a cane hotter on him and be like, oh, sure. Just he's not rotate. a really, he's not a good guy. Let's get, you know, I don't know, that tall Asian basketball player in here or something, you know, like. No, it's, yeah, it's true. Like he played, he was Chewbacca until Solo and that was a new guy. They recast <gasps> the part what? because he was yeah, too. It was all the way through. Broken he heart. Yeah, he, he, it's true. Betrayal. That is betrayal. They did the same thing with Kenny Baggins or whatever his name was in R2-D2. Kenny, Kenny Baker. They replaced <laughs> him with a servo engine. Ken, Ken, Kenny Baggins is good. That's the unknown Kenny Baggins, Baggins cousin. <laughs> like, oh, don't invite Kenny Baggins. He's the worst. He lives in a trash can. He, he, put, he put casters on it. <laughs> <laughs> he's always he's always talking about necklaces. He's got that cousin Bilbo with the rings. They got their they got this jewelry thing going on. The one necklace to be the best. Kenny <laughs> <laughs> Baggins. He's got a really killer van. Or maybe he's the buckle guy. 
That whole oh, that yeah. whole storyline changes if it's about a knee buckle. <laughs> Saruman is searching for the knee buckle. You know what, uh, Jr. Jr. Should we go with ring? Let's go with ring. Uh, fine. Not knee buckle. <laughs> it it just uh, it's just it's 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 less mouth feel. Yeah, yeah. We're just going. <laughs> are you guys Lord of the Rings guys? Do you are you like big on the books or the movies? I will be uh, honest. The Hobbit I read. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Yes. Lord. I of think the, the Hobbit is the like. As far as like books for young people, like The Hobbit is it's fantastic, pretty close to like perfect, yeah, like just for a young adult adventure book. I went, I'm to... with you though, Hans. You're about to finish it. I was like, I have not finished them, uh, they're very long and very boring. I will never finish them. I wanted so badly to, and I just I get too distracted now. I'm willing to admit that. Because it's not cool to admit that you haven't read the books, but like the movies. Cool, quote unquote cool. Because I like the movies. A little long mm-hmm. in the tooth. I will never watch them ever again. Unless maybe yeah. Ruby wants to watch them. I just don't foresee myself putting one on. I, but I've given them my all. Casey, you bought the DVDs with the extended versions, which are just... Like, you might as well just hit yourself on the back with a leather rope and say a prayer because it it's an extra hour long on each. And they're fun. It's per- fun. But you're just like, whew, whew, that's a workout. And we, at the time when I watched them, we had painted our apartment candy colors and the TV room was just this bright, searing blue. And I just remember, like, just sitting in there. I was like, I have the day off. I'm going to watch. All of Casey's Lord of the Ring DVDs, extended versions, and drink beer. <laughs> now, now I never need to watch yes. it again. I've done no, I've done the same thing as well. Like alone, and you're like, um, no, I don't. It's, it's like too a, long. The, um, but they're good. They're good movies. And but then even that, like getting back to like the book distraction, I watched Lord of the Rings movies. I went and I watched Hobbit one. I really enjoyed it. I think I started the second one, and I was just like, you know what? I know the second. I just did. I was like, I'm, I've had my fill. Maybe if they introduced a Kenny Baggins. Maybe if they introduced a, a buckle or a bracelet. The one bracelet to, you know, fulfill the day. You know, I mean, obviously <laughs> there's a reason he's the writer and I'm not, but. <laughs> Henning, are you a Lord of the Rings guy? I was not a fan of the movies, and I didn't read the books, I'm afraid. So, still a little bit cool. Oh, no, totally. Too cool for school. I was just curious because... Did you go Hobbit? Did you see Hobbit 1? I kind of enjoyed the Bakshi one. (laughs) That's... (laughs) If I didn't like the Lord of the Rings, no, the Hobbits were, for the same reasons, way too long. Just go to a kitty. Con- just go to a convention. Those were and call it Hobbit One. That's all I'm asking. And see, <laughs> see the looks you get. Oh yeah, I love oh. Hobbit One. <laughs> Hobbit One was good, but Hobbit Two and like the second part of Two was I don't know. But uh, okay, Henning. I watched someone made a four a four hour cut of them. Cut it down from nine hours, I think. It may have been. Um, I watched that. His, um, 
the the uh, actor from uh, that '70s show, not Ashton Kutcher, Hyde? but the uh, uh, the main kid, the Hyde? Uh, oh, Topher uh, Grace, Topher Grace, because I up. he no he actually it was it was the Hobbit yeah. movies uh, when he was filming uh, uh, Black Klansman, like just his hobby because he's a movie nerd, like he really likes editing film. So mm-hmm. he and he can't release them. He famously did a like ninety minute edit of the uh, Star Wars prequels. Oh wow! Down to like one movie, so he edited them into one movie. And the people who have seen it have been like, "That's fucking baller! It's awesome!" Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Um, but he can't re- officially release it because it's not his. But he has said like that's what he does just as a hobby, like when he's on set or just to like chill out. So especially, he said, when he was playing David Duke in Black Klansman, like he needed a like a way to like shut his that part of his brain off and like become himself again. So he edited all of the they made three Hobbit movies based off of the book and he edited it down to like like a tight, like 80 minute movie. And the people that he showed are like, that's fucking good. Wow, that's so interesting. They what? say Star Wars was saved in the edit. The original was saved in the edit room too, because like it was George Lucas's original cut was just all, all kinds of nonsense. It was, and it, it was his wife that, at the time. She won an Oscar okay. for the Star Wars edit. Hmm. Like that's how, like we wouldn't be talking about like yeah, Chewbacca it, now if it wasn't for his ex-wife. Did she right. benefit financially from it at least? I think so. I think they were married for quite a while. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um, At least until the uh, episode, the the prequels came out. But Casey, I feel like... Probably her hand was not involved in the prequels. That's why I can believe that seeing what the prequels are and how bloated and and indulgent it became. She cast her chips in long before that time. Are you a Lord of the Rings guy, Casey? No, Me. not really. They I only asked from... because yeah. like I work at a movie theater mm-hmm. and there was like this movie that snuck in like right before Endgame came out and it's a biopic about uh Tolkien. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And it like the the guy that plays Tolkien, I like he was the the dude from um Mad Max, the one with the tumor on his neck. I forget his name. I, I feel bad. But I was just like, do we need a fucking Tolkien biopic? If it has a lot of World War One, that could be cool because there's not a lot of exposure for World War One, And I know that's where he got his inspiration. No, and like he series. is what I know about his life. Like he's a super interesting dude, but like he is exactly like Lord of the Rings. Like it's a very academic, long yeah. Sort of like he and his friends were in like Cambridge together, like just riffing, like just shooting the shit, like creating, like they created that language, that Elvish language, because they're that big of like, they're those kind of nerds are like, you know what? You know what's boring? Latin, Spanish, Russian. Let's make our own language. (laughs) So they made their own language, which became the Elvish. And then most of his friends died in World War One. So he took all of that on himself and created Lord of the Rings right. on all of this mythology he and his friends created wow. on the side, 
which is like I think is super fucking cool. And I think George R. or not George R. R. Martin, but um, Tolkien Rons. is like super interesting because his books then sort of went away until the sixties with the cultural revolution and everybody was like, Oh man, you wrote these books and it's about like anti-war anti-nuclear weapons. And he's like, I fucking hate hippies. Like that was his thing. Uh, Like he was so (laughs) mad that his books got popular again with hippies. And he was like, so he hated like the bocce shit. Like he hated all of that. Cause he was, he was literally just like, no, these books are about fat little men who like tea and smoking pipes. <laughs> like they there like is nothing else cake. involved. <laughs> that uh So I just like there's that movie came out and like there's a lot of conversation because like I pretty much like what Hans described is me. Like I love the book The Hobbit when I read it as a kid. Never could make it through the rest of the Lord of the Rings books. I liked the movies when I saw them the first time, but again, I can't justify ever really watching them all ever again. Like, I like Peter Jackson. I think he's great. But so that movie came out, so there's a lot of, like, people digging in their heels that I talked to. They're like, fucking Lord of the Rings is the fucking best thing ever. Movie, book, everything. And I was like, really? They on the ring. It It was okay. I didn't get the big hype about it. It was right about the beginning of when I started hating these big CG epics. What was it, 2001 or so? Where it's Pretty just too think, much yeah. and too perfect and too sterile and candy-coated. Well, it's like so, you coming at it from an angle like you work in that business. like So you have an insight into it more so than other people. And the first ones were cool because they were actually still doing practical stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, my problem with they'll play the new Hobbit like, ones. Like any director like George Lucas with too much power comes the ability to frame fuck every fucking scene and make it perfect in your in your exact oh, Yeah, he went win. back in. That's right. I, I forgot about the controversy mm-hmm. with that. That is just like... That's 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 wealth. Like that's when you got too much yeah. money. You know what I mean? Like er, too much no, money, not... too much power. No one saying no to you. Well, that's interesting. Here's... That's Buchanan burning the letters, right? He, because he's worried about <laughs> posterity. Think. He wants to go back and fix it. That's why Buchanan didn't go back in and put commas into his letters. He's like, why the fuck, <laughs> fuck would I do it. that? I'm gonna burn these, and I'm gonna go. You know, I'm almost dead. At I'm least... gonna go to. You know, I'm gonna go get my. I'm going to go get my lick on or whatever he was into. I'm going to go drink a mead. But he's not going to go back and fix that shit. George Lucas is like, he doesn't have that mentality. Like, when it's done, it's done. Put it on the shelf. People love it. Like, why you got to go? something else. Or was it financial? You think that was genuinely financial? Or do you think he was so, like, his his personality is like, it just always twisted at him. Like, ah, I can do better. Uh, I don't know. Like, just based on... Because I was very much one of those people that was like, I would never say like, he ruined my childhood, but I didn't like the prequels and I didn't quite understand at that time being a high school kid and then a early college kid didn't understand because the story, what to me, didn't hold up. I didn't get why you would 
do that and like take away from something I held so precious. And then there was that great documentary, like the people versus George Lucas. Oh, yeah. Right. In which it towed that line that I definitely did as a kid was like, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. He fucked it up. Like, fuck him. I'm so mad. But the, what the good thing about that documentary was they framed it in a way. It was like, it's his thing. Like, he wasn't doing it to like fuck with your life, right? He just yeah. like oh, yeah. he just so that. happens to kind of be that kind of nerd. Like he never wanted, if he could have chosen to like not do Star Wars and have something else be successful, he would have rather been more like a Coppola, sure. a Francis Ford Coppola, like a guy who just makes a bunch of movies and if they succeed, he just so happened to have one that fucking exploded, right? And he was like, well, it's mine. And he's a nerd. So, like, I, as I got older, I put myself in his position. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, someone's asking you to, like, turn your crazy idea into toys? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, I'm going to fight in tooth and nail to have the fucking best toys and the craziest toys and do it. And I just think he just kind of fell into that, like, he yeah. ran out of stuff to do. That's a good point. Like stuff none of us to have, make. Yeah, we don't know what it feels like to have a thing that like Star Wars, like that. And that's one like a hundred thousand creative percent idea. Him. Yes. So we don't know what it's like to have that thing. Like, imagine how hard it is to then create another thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, not to say he hasn't done that, but like, and then everybody's comparing it to that. Why not just play with this thing that everybody loves? Like, play with this toy that people already enjoy mm-hmm. seeing you play with. Right? People turned on him, but that's a, that's a good already, point. It's like you already made it. You know, like, and again, like, I don't know what I would do in that position. Because you know whatever that next thing is, is going to not be as good. Right. Whether you think it's not as good... He just so happened to fucking have then Indiana Jones. So then he's got two fucking things yeah. that people are obsessed with and they love. And then it's like, then what's my third thing that I certainly a thousand percent know that people are going to hate? I'm just going to go back to Star Wars and then I'll go back to Indy and then I'll go back to Star Wars. Sure. Like... They, um, uh, God, I wanted to pin. Oh, since we're on. So we talked about Lord of the Rings. And I'm sure you guys are probably already caught up on where Game of Thrones is at right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, but you guys obviously really are enjoying Game of Thrones. I'm enjoying it. Um, do you guys read the books? I did. I read yeah. all of them. Yeah. Same and here. finished them. Yep. Yeah. And you enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Does it spoil? Were like, there spoilers? This is the first, these are the first series of books in the fantasy genre or you know, anything like this that I ever was excited about and was, except for maybe Watchmen. I was excited about that movie for sure. Um, I will say as the book reader, because the show came out and I was like, Oh, I should read these books. I've heard they're good. I don't have HBO. By the time I finish the books, maybe we'll have, have HBO or season one will be done. And I read them through. Yeah. The first book to the last book that, came out and i think i i like what they did what they edited i i'm definitely in a camp of the changes they made i totally agree with 
Yeah. But did, for did, the first four seasons. Did reading the books. Am I right? I'm on season, almost done with season four. But in reading the books, have you seen things where you, or you know it's coming and it comes? So, you know what I mean? Like, do, mm-hmm. it does follow the story arc of the books. It's not just the characters now put into a different narrative form. Where are you at in the show, Hans? Story-wise? Well, this is the real reason I want to talk about it. So if you're not caught up with Game of Thrones or you don't want a Game of Thrones spoiler, and this isn't a spoiler, this is a season four spoiler. Uh, I am almost done with season four. Mm-hmm. Episode two of season four encompassed my mind for 24 hours. I kept replaying it. Not only that, I literally replayed the scene. <laughs> It kept running in my head. It was when I was driving down to Disney. And I was like, that is like the best scene, the best actor. Like he did such an amazing job. He did a perfect job. And then I put myself in his shoes as if it's a real situation. And I was like, I would act the exact same way. It's such a brilliant move. And that would be the death, finally, of King Joffrey. Joffrey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and what was interesting is I didn't know how it was going to happen. I obviously knew it was going to happen, but what I did know in the background is everybody, there was a big hubbub that no people weren't satisfied with his death. They're like, ah, he should have gotten it worse. I was like, that was the best death scene. And so again, it was a spoilers, but what I liked is, or what I thought was so crazy is, so he has that little cough, right? He goes, And he's a king, right? So he's noble. So he does a very, like, noble, like, yeah. holds his chest and goes, <clears throat> and then he puts his, and he coughs again. He goes, <clears throat> like, very nobly puts his hand. I was like, oh, that's how a guy who's just like, mm, got something in my throat, but I'm highborn, so <clears throat> I'm still. And then he has that other cough, and his reaction is to do what? <clears throat> Takes a big old slug of the wine he's drinking, right? Mm-hmm. Because your human reaction is, oh, something's in my throat. I'm going to wash it down. And that's we know that's poison. And then you see it in this actor's eyes. He's so good. Just the panic. Yeah. And it's that panic we've all had. Obviously, we haven't. But like where you'd like come real close to doing something stupid like death or something. Maybe you almost get hit by a car and just like, whew. But like just that knowing like something is really wrong here. That pity or stomach feeling. Man, that ran through my head like it was awesome. So crazy. Just that. that and his, so his yeah. face afterward is definitely emblazoned in my memory forever. The two pupils go in two yeah. different directions like a yeah. Simpsons oh, thing God. almost. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Um, no, yes. and I feel like the next season of the show, when that the end of that season is where the books ended. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, like, for me, watching it, I liked what, like, I knew it, but then Ashley would always be like, like, kick it to me, like, you know, like, what's going to happen next, or what did this mean, or, like, in particular, when the Red Wedding scene happened. Oh, sure, yeah. I remembered the song, and when they started singing that song, like, I got really stiff, because I'd forgotten, like, the reins of Castamere, and I went, oh, fuck, this is happening right now. Like, I knew it was coming. I just didn't think it was coming when it came. Yeah. And they had changed enough of the story. Like Rob has a different wife and like gotcha. they made it more succinct. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is happening. And Ashley just went, what, what, what? And I just went, you, you just have to watch. And like, 
I still was one pl- of the most effective moments. Of- oh, I was playing that song like on YouTube, just like around the house. Like it was so like such a hauntingly perfect like backdrop. Yeah, I'm really into that show right now. It's so good. I'll put something on for all you listeners where to um, skip if you don't want a spoiler and where to start back up. And the fact that nobody wants me to pin and go back to this, but I'm gonna hall of presidents. <laughs> I walk LBJ's into the boots. hall of presidents. I've seen the artifacts and you sit down and it, I, everybody's lampooned it, but the animatronics are actually cool. So they play this mm. video. Walt Disney oh. always had a dream of honoring the president. It's kind of like a president nerd like me, except for he's mm-hmm. high power. So he's like, fuck it. I want to honor. I want to do every president, even the, Scumbub, no names. Even the Bukes, Buchanans. He wanted to burn his legacy. I'm bringing him right back. <laughs> You're not going anywhere, Buke. So the first time you see uh, an actual animatronic character because they're just playing a video is when the middle and it's in um, what do you call it? The the screen wraps around you. Cinema, cinerama or something? Yeah. Panavision. Whatever. Yeah. So the, IMAX. The cent. Oh. The, yeah, yeah, basically IMAX. The center mm-hmm. of the screen lifts up, and it's a physical Lincoln, and he gets up, and he delivers the um, Gettysburg Address. I was like, oh, you know what? That's cool. Like, obviously, I like it more than I'm sure mm-hmm. kids would be like, this is ridiculous. But I thought the movements were cool. And then We've seen the, the Hobbit. Right. This is <laughs> right. Exactly. And then Lincoln <clears throat> drinks from his drink, his goblet. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so then the screen goes down, they finish the video, but then it comes up, and it's all the presidents sitting there, full size, like, some are in chairs, some are standing, they're kind of clustered in their relationship to one another, and I'm looking around, I'm going, wow, these look really good, and then right up front, because you can't avoid it, Mm -hmm. is the current president, because they always have the current president right up front, so it's all these presidents, you know, like, my dream basically yeah. you know if you know any of my background and then this orange slug right in front <laughs> and it is so surreal to me because he's standing there and so what happens is it's it's uh it's a few of the more famous presidents say some of their more famous speeches you know jfk says a little bit from his um inauguration uh link uh washington says something from his um farewell address but basically all the presidents only have some very simple moves, and that is when this happens, and they they say, Calvin, number 40, oh, I, I should be, don't, don't know the names, but I'm, I'm scattered right now. Calvin Coolidge, and he the, gets a spotlight, and he bows, or like George W. Bush, he doffs his fingers or whatever. But the thing is, when the more um, historically uh, significant presidents do their thing the only person that interacts with all of them is the current president oh, and they've got man. his mannerisms down and it is so weird because he's in the foreground huh. and washington is giving he, his farewell he, like, address acknowledges each one washington is giving his farewell address and trump looks over at him okay sign Point, thumbs up. (laughs) JFK gives his thing. He turns back, points, thumbs up, and he's got. They they didn't fuck around. 
His fucking tie fuck. is as long as it's supposed to be. His <laughs> suit fits poorly. It is so weird. And then at the very end, okay. Donald Trump gets to deliver his entire, and it's his voice. They just took it voice box, his entire inauguration speech, which if you listen oh, American to American carnage is just like, it sounds quote unquote yeah. presidential. And it made me so fucking mad that they end on that. And the fact that he like literally does one of these where he like as he's like our great nation, he like show and our great leaders, he shows like he acknowledges presents. all the other presidents because yeah. he's one of them. It's so bizarre. It just totally That's like crazy. took me out of the experience because Obama, Obama couldn't be farther in the back, by the way. <laughs> He could not be farther in the pack. But if if I could have seen it, you know, from 2008, you know, he would have been in the front and regal. And I'm sure a lot of people would have been upset by it. But he's the guy that gets to react. And you know what? Even if Obama, that's weird, too. Because yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Obama did like kind of a Clinton like thumb thing and like. Obama did a lot of the jerk off thing, so he did a lot yeah. of the like. <laughs> he was given the slow jerk to Teddy Roosevelt's uh, bull moose agenda. Um, yeah, so that was that was that was my holopress. I still really enjoyed it, but it was weird, man. And just all that, like, it's so fun, like seeing Harding like sitting next to Coolidge, and just they didn't they didn't put a lot of uh, bendable parts in them, you know, like. Harding, not one the old nod. ones. Because I was like, let me. Because you know, if if you want, I would imagine you could sync up any of their voices and like maybe Harding could get up and uh, you know oh. say a little something. But uh, they look so good. Um, you could put that request in and be like, I'd like a little more from Harding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd like to I'd hear rather your Teapot Dome defense. Like, is there Just, like a switchboard that you could like? Hey, man, I'm Jeff Bezos. Love the Hall of Presidents. I'd like a little more Harding, though. You guys got that on the ba- the backtrack? And they're We're like, going Harding tonight. Crack the knuckles and the little Harding goes. It's like putting in the right relief pitcher. They're like, we <laughs> yes, got going exactly. in tonight. We got uh, Arthur. Give us some chesty AR. Ooh, yeah. He's we saw the tour buses. Tonight. There's a lot of a lot of upstate New York people in town. Yeah, let's give him Chester A. He's a local boy. Uh, I'd rather have a Harding give me a nod from a distance than uh, we did get to see some of the characters. And so spoilers Ooh, for Disney World. Always. You can, it was awesome. Like me and Ruby went up and saw Daisy Duck and like interacted with her and Pluto. But behind the scenes, the people that play what are called furries, only like union wise or whatever, only get to play them for half an hour. And then they go behind a, the toilets or whatever, and a new one comes mm-hmm. out because it's so hot, it's Florida, they'll die yeah. or whatever rules. So they're so like interactive or whatever. But when they are done, click, the person who takes the photos directs them back behind the restrooms. And this just happened to be behind the restrooms. And as they're making that walk, they can't stop for people because they'll never get anywhere, right? People go up and like, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they like high five and stuff. And even my, the, my back of my head, because this happened to me before I kind of knew that that was a rule because we were with um, Meg's cousin who works there. Launch, launch pad McQuack walked Ooh. by me and, I, and Ruby and I was like, launch pad. And he gave me a and kept walking. 
and he had a fucking jaunt to his step, and I was like, fuck that guy. It's like he can't even stop at Disney World. And then sure enough, coming from the other distance, Scrooge McDuck, cane, top of the hat, how are you? I was like, Scrooge, kept right on walking. It's like, because he's walking to his line. And I was like, again, a moment of LBJ's self-awareness. I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, I was like so offended. Like, um, Nobody likes DuckTales but me, you motherfuckers. And then there was a weird moment where Tiana from Princess on the Frog, like, was just kind of did a pop up and Ruby was asleep. And I was like, do I wake Ruby up or do I? What? So I just wheeled over asleep Ruby and I was like, she's one. Can I take a picture? And I just <laughs> put my arm around her, took a picture. She's like, sure. <laughs> but. So that was the event of finally getting to it. I got a I got a mainline story here. Unfortunately, Meg's not here to reveal it. Henning, you know where this is coming? This is going? Uh, no. Okay. Back to LBJ's boots? It's so you remember how we were talking about old Tony the Duster or, you know, simple names? There's a guy I know called old Henning Tony the Brush. Say. Ah, yeah. Henning the toothbrush. Who's this guy? And (laughs) the reason that is is because about three years ago, Henning and now fiance Aaron were casually were walking in Park Slope, and as casual as the day is long, they just come out with you know what's interesting is this morning I was using Henning's toothbrush. Or no, excuse me, excuse me, I don't want to get this wrong. Interestingly enough, out of Aaron's mouth goes, do you know Henning dropped his toothbrush in the toilet and then used it? And of course our reaction was, Henning, you're a monster. Uh, But then we go, why would you tell Aaron this? And we only discover this because Aaron says, because I use his toothbrush. To which we reply, I don't know which of you are worse. This Which is, is a worse, horrible, yeah. horrible instance. You're <laughs> using other people's toothbrush. Henning, you're using a toothbrush out of the toilet. Um, and then, of course, like... Well, uh, Aaron didn't know right, at that point that it was out of the toilet. So there is something to be said about honesty, I guess. I, mm-hmm. Did you know she used didn't your toothbrush? Didn't come up. Did you know she was using your brush? Were you aware of that? I don't know. Aaron? Uh, was I aware that you were using my brush? I did I have ample time to yes, make you I forgot mine. Make you aware? Yes, I forgot mine. And well, you said you can just use mine before we go out to breakfast, and then we'll get another one. Oh my but god! The detail. That's that's King Joffrey. It did. I didn't think the it was detail. a big deal. We didn't even know the detail so, that Henning bro. offered his toothbrush. Oh yeah, no. This that's huge. That might that changes a lot of dynamics. This is like the Adnan Syed case. We're getting all this new information. Cereal. Brush your teeth out of cereal. <laughs> it's a bonding ritual. Ugh. In the <laughs> You so, share your back like your germ like you makes you both stronger. Yeah. Makes you both now stronger. Now we're now we're together for sure. It's up there with dog shit rooms, <laughs> no, guys. Back from the- <laughs> dog, dog shit rooms. But so anyways, you guys, this has had to be three years ago, right? 
And okay, we told you about it. Yeah. And we parted and I said, you guys need to, there's a podcast we listen to, you guys need to submit that to Judge John Hodgman. And because you two are gross, you didn't see, you're like, but there's no dispute. Like, this is normal behavior. And I disagreed. <laughs> and so... No, you're you're getting some things wrong here. Aaron is definitely grossed out by it and is not, was not yes, that's happy true. with that. No, well, I, sh- I should say, but Aaron didn't see the grossness factor of using your toothbrush. It was oh, okay. sans toilet, I see. which I find. Yes. I'm a gross guy. I thought that was, and again, this is a detail I didn't know that was that she had just forgotten her toothbrush. I thought it was just, she was just, you know, I travel light. Spoken. I just right. use yeah. others' toothbrushes. Or I should say I use my boyfriend's toothbrush, which I, it, it, I've heard of people doing. I personally use my finger, finger method if I need to use a toothbrush. I held on to it because you two, I saw more. And, and by the way, Meg, who you oddly heard, unfortunately, come in and off the pot earlier because the dogs are crazy. It's The garage is 100 degrees. She can't be here for this, but she will weigh in maybe on a cold tag. So, <laughs> Henning, you and Aaron are getting married. It, it comes back to the forefront of my mind, so I decide to take the Judge John Hodgman route, and I decide to send him a letter, which I'll now read to you. Dear Judge Hodgman and Bailiff Jesse, I am writing in the interest or potential chagrin of my good friends Henning and Aaron. First, (laughs) I must admit that my primary purpose in bringing this to you now is that they are getting married this coming July, and I cannot think of a better wedding gift than presenting you their case. Now, I will try to distill this down as best I can, though I do understand that specificity is a soul of narrative. That's a pander moment, wink, if anybody (laughs) listens to the pod. It's just, Mm -hmm. just being honest here. Okay, here, okay, Henning has since moved to be with Aaron in Oregon, but previously Aaron would often visit him when he was still residing in Park Slope, BK. Again, that's a pander moment, because John Hodgman lives in Park Slope. Hodgman lives there? Yeah. Uh, just being honest here. It was during one of these visits that Aaron disclosed... Are you writing in parentheses, this is a pander yes. moment? No. To Hodgman? I'm saying that now, because... You know, I see. I just... He... he you know, I want to be... Hans um, knows how to butter the biscuits, I'm, man. I'm buttering he the bread here. It was during one of these get on visits... The show that Aaron disclosed this information. One, Henning dropped his toothbrush in the toilet and casually fished it out for future use, exclamation point. Two, Aaron uses Henning's toothbrush when she visits, exclamation point. Three, Aaron was disgusted at Henning's lack of toothbrush slash toilet disclosure. Four, Henning took umbrage to this and did not see any issue with his actions. (laughs) I have formed my own opinion on the matter. They are both gross. However, <laughs> my opinion holds no weight, and thus I ask the judge to rule on this. Who is right? Who is wrong? Could they both be grossly wrong? Whatever you decide, I would ask that you order Henning to throw all replaceable items away if ever dropped in the toilet. Also, please order Aaron ne- or order Aaron to never use another's toothbrush ever again. I thank you for your time, and I wish you well in whatever you decide. P.P.S. Post-pander script. I think this is how I got it. (laughs) First, 
Henning and Aaron sent me a copy of Vacation Land for the holidays, my second copy. Second, my wife and Meg, my wife Meg and I vacation in Ocean Park, Maine every summer. That one's pretty weak. It's because he <laughs> vacations in Maine in the summers and records in Maine. Third, yeah. I think this might be the the catch here. Third, and this is true by the way. I used to live above the creek in the cave and once saw you as I was entering my building. I went up to my apartment and looked out my window to see if you were still there in order to have you sign my copy of That Is All. You were, but I realized the creepiness and voyeuristic aspect of the situation. Yes, I'm ending on a strange note. <laughs> so I send that. Uh, 48 hours later, I get this. Let's see. Da, da, da. I will re- from John Hodgman. I will resolve Aaron and Henning's and your dispute in the pages of the New York Times magazine. Boom. Boom. Of course, I'm like, that's crazy. And then I get this from Timothy Hodler, who's a research editor at the New York Times. Hello, I am fact-checking the Judge Hodgman advice column for the New York Times magazine, which features a question you wrote. <laughs> they need, they so, need fact-checking. <laughs> so I was like, then... So Why I, didn't you give them my number? <laughs> I'll tell them the real story. <laughs> I wrote down all this information because me, I was like, oh my God, do I have the story right? Am I going to be, you know, I'm an anxious guy already. I was like, Henning's, this was three years ago. Henning, all right, his... So anyways, but I just called and they were like, hey... Uh, Hodgman is going to write based on this. We cut your 2000 word submission down to this, which I will now read, which came out today in the New York times, May 5th, New York times magazine, page 20, uh, bonus advice from judge John Hodgman. Hans writes, my friends, Henning and Aaron are getting married in July. And as a gift, I would like you to judge their crimes. Henning once dropped his toothbrush in the toilet and continued using it. Aaron uses his toothbrush when she visits. He didn't tell her. I asked the judge to order Henning <laughs> to throw out all toilet toothbrush to throw all toilet toothbrushes away and order Aaron to never use another's toothbrush again. Hodgman's response. Your friends' lives are their own to live. Share and cross-contaminate as they like. In sickness and in grossness. Parenthetical. <laughs> And then more sickness. <laughs> However, the court must point out that they both dodged a cholera bullet. Reusing a toothbrush steeped in toilet water and then sharing it without warning is both deceptive and unwise. As far <laughs> as for sharing brushes, intensely nasty but allowable. Germ swapping is an important part of a marriage. Congratulations, gross kids. Thank you, John Hodgman. Congratulations, gross kids, from John Hodgman. And thank you, Hans, for writing that amazing letter. (laughs) So it made it in. How crazy is that? That's amazing. Hans sent me that message, like the the emails, and I was like, holy shit. I told Ashley. I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to lie, like, I, I I was like crazy stoked when I saw it. I was super surprised. I was like, this is going to be so cool. And I was like, you know what? It's even better that it's in print in my opinion, mm-hmm. because 
you know, I'm because I'm not putting because I was submitting you guys, and it would have been putting you two on the spot for something, which you guys would have had a blast. But I was like, this is so cool; it'll be, mm. uh, you know, um, I don't know, in print. But but I also say it's in print based on the and digital I print. Guys, I can't I can't go around and burn all the copies of this. Yeah, like, oh, you can't, and, and you then can I was thinking this, that Henning. too. So I sent <laughs> Henning a me- you and Aaron a message because I went out to the pick truth out, will out. I went out to pick out the times this morning. And I was like, you know what, Henning, I know he's an Atlantic man, but I was like, he's got smart <laughs> friends. There's not too many Hennings and Aarons out there. I want to be the one to, like, spoil it. I like face, not spoil it, but present it. But, so I sent you guys a message, but it was like 5 a.m. your time. And I was like, get the New York Times today, check out page 20, uh, you know, early wedding gift. And then you guys didn't get back to me all day. So I was like, of course, anxious. I was like, you know. They just read how the they're, <laughs> you know, they, they read about toilet toothbrushes and they were like, this fucking guy, we told that to him in private. But I, I knew that wasn't the case, but it the was. first re- reaction was, what, is there a full page write up, full page profile and courage of Migosh, the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the champ's diner? I th- I was like, Waiter. I didn't know you were literally giving us a wedding gift. You'll send crazy shit all the time and be like, "Check this out! Christmas came early." That's what I was like. They just yeah. think that there's something <laughs> crazy, like there's a pair of a boot and a sandal in there, and you know, Han saw this picture. But anyway, so do you have anything to say for yourselves? Um. Well, I just want to point out that I washed the toothbrush didn't go directly from toilet to mouth rinsed it only that's a great point aaron henning did you wash it with soap (laughs) did you wash it did you wash your toothbrush with soap he used his own spit from his own mouth because you can't say wash because every time we brush our teeth we rinse the brush off so you i was under the impression i i remembered having Got it out of the toilet, dunked it in alcohol the first time. But Aaron would never have known about this first time if I didn't do it again in front of her. And Uh, she saw me just do the rinse. He did his due diligence. That's God. Yeah, you guys should have been on the pod because the alcohol aspect. (laughs) There's so many details here that are amazing. Because Henning, I'm assuming you had to fill a cup with alcohol to dip it? Yeah. Did you then re? Which is put probably the al- more than a new toothbrush is worth. Exactly. Did you put the alcohol back into the bottle, like to re? Or was no. it vodka, or was it like rubbing alcohol? No, you just shot it. So it was late. Is- I didn't want to go out and get another you- toothbrush. Meg and I bought, and they cut our gums up so fierce. But we bought a ten pack of toothbrushes at the ninety nine cent store. I mean, their bristles were made out of. Oh man, fiberglass. But Brillo. yeah, right. That's mm. just like broken fucking reflectors. Of, like it's just yeah. plastic. Um, they looked like um, that fiber hurts optics. My, my gums just hearing about it. <laughs> just, I need. It I need just, extra soft. So just cable. It's just that's a an important end of the cable. I wouldn't call it a wash. I would call it an alcohol dunk, which is so <laughs> weird. Um. Uh, but I dropped then, my glasses in the toilet before. Still wearing them. Different, different. 
different. Again, another <laughs> yeah, thing that could have been doesn't so go in your mouth. But I easily I, replaceable. I did say in the letter order Henning to throw out all, um, uh, da, 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 da. all uh, replaceable items. Repla- glasses mm-hmm. are expensive. They're not replaceable. Right. So you got to clean them. Which didn't make it to the abridged version that they used. Abridged. And now that I meant, I didn't say crimes. Abridged and totally rewritten. So. Fake but, uh, <laughs> news. Um, let's see. But then, again, I think that's the case is so interesting because Aaron, there's no, Aaron is not on the righteous side of this argument. If anything... Uh, oh, oh she wait. was on here. She would, if she was on here on the mic, she would definitely be on the righteous side. Yeah, and you know what? There is a lot you're disclosing here that is making her more and more right every time. Because the, <laughs> the thing that keeps running through my mind is you waving this alcohol, quote unquote, washed brush in her face, going, "Oh, you forgot yours? Clean. Use mine. Mine. <laughs> the offering, because it was in your." You're dunking in an alcohol. It's not something you did and forgot, right? And like afterward, and went, oh I, wait, I forgot it. It wasn't a, it wasn't an important moment in my life Man. to have dropped the to- the brush in the toilet. So yeah, I forgot. And didn't think it was a big deal. Did the brush float or sink? Did you hear it hit the porcelain depths, Henning? The tube. It, it sinks, yeah. It didn't. Man, maybe I'm if saying, it was halfway down the chute, if I, I if I can't see her. brush anymore, then maybe I'd consider throwing it I away. Think, I guess. I think water's better, just to hit clean water, as to just like sc- scooting down the side of the bowl. <laughs> like that's, that's dirtier than just like that's a sheen true. of water. <laughs> and and Aaron will point out that my toilet was definitely not clean. Oh, I, well, I hate to say oh, it. Oh, then Henning, definitely but, water. There you go. Uh, I mean, so here's the thing. If it were, I, we, Meg and I, we are, I don't know if we were doing it at the time, but I mean, maybe TMI, but if it, if it's yellow, let it mellow, baby. We try and conserve water. So we just don't flush the toilet as much. So immediately that changes the brush drop factor sure. on our yeah. end. But when that's we, when you flush the brush, <laughs> you flush the whole thing. Just let it go. We you wash I, it a little thir- more thoroughly in that case. <laughs> Henny, You're I'm the sterile, gross one. Dude. I'm Doctor Toilet. Me, <laughs> you can't take this this banner from me. So, um, so, yeah. So I truly didn't know where to rule on it, other than just to go like, we're both gross. We, You're both gross, but Henning's a little grosser. Fine. No, I don't I'll know. Take it. That was a thing. Until you disclose all this new information, my argument was this is going to be a good case because equally gross. But you're equally gross, but Henning, you're you're a Lannister. You're a brushister. <laughs> you got things going on behind the scenes. What that? What's that poison called? The strangler? Yeah. You're the angler, baby. Fishing that out. <laughs> Fishing it out. <laughs> Toothbrush angler. Fucking so anyways, angler. that was, uh, All that right, was I, exciting. I may have fished my last toothbrush 
fine. No, no, you're... I've oh, seen the light. I'm changing my ways. I don't think that was... I have to look. That wasn't the ruling, though. Reusing a toothbrush in toilet water when sharing it without warning is deceptive and unwise. As for sharing brushes, intensely nasty, but allowable. You're allowed to drop the brush, Henny. You're not allowed to share yep. it. Just not to share it? You gotta keep gotta that use keep it. that in-house. Hmm. And alcohol for personal dunks. use. Alcohol dunks are questionable. If you got if you got money to dunk, you got stop. But being he does a say they both dodged the <laughs> cholera bullet. And that you know what's interesting, Henning? It's is taking I, me to task too. My my mind went here because what's going on literally in basically that part of Brooklyn is a pretty intense measles outbreak. So it Toilet is measles. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of you know topical, and I. I don't know if cholera is specific to toilets or feces. Let's call a let's call a toilet brush a toilet brush here. Uh, feces, or if like they're like you gotta you can't write about like the seriousness of the epidemic right now. Can, so we're asking, can you get measles from a toilet seat? Toilet measles, sure. <laughs> Just on the old cheeks. Uh, no, cholera, maybe. So, what was it? Uh, Henning, you have to wear a shirt that says, what was it? The angler? The toy, the, the Toothbrush dang- angler. Toothbrush angler, and 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 uh, Aaron has to wear a shirt with an arrow pointing, saying he gave me toilet measles. <laughs> <laughs> the ruling has come down from on high. <laughs> Trial by combat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Henning. It's nice knowing you. Oh no. <laughs> Toilet versus I, I, brush. Trial by combat. I put brushes firmly. at dawn. Brushes. <laughs> brushes Toilet at brushes dawn. at dawn. Oh, Aaron has that other story from about that time where the a subway hobo just was brushing his teeth in the car and just completely. Unloaded, oh. a spit-filled brush Oof. on around on and around the that's entire rough. car, but mostly Aaron's lap. God, that's Ugh. the worst. God Almighty! I saw like a little Asian woman who oh, yeah. was flossing mm. on the train, and it was like the scene in Kingpin. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Where it was just like she was deep digging, flossing, and shit was flying out of her mouth and it was not like just like yeah cool man i'm gonna floss like we had a sketch called flossing like gangster or whatever like she was doing it and it's like you would have thought it was the first time she had ever flossed in her life the like the fucking floss had chunks on it like you could see it i was sitting across the subway from her um i guess on that note I was gonna in say sickness and in grossness. Toilet measles for all. And in grossness. I'm getting. I got the garage hives. Getting the vapors. So hot in here right now. Again, I need to take a picture so you can show my reverse <laughs> cape on the ladder. It is a hundred degrees in here. Henning, can I ask you this? Ah, you should bring Aaron to the mic after we finish. I want to hear both okay. sides of the story. And I would like to cold tag it on this episode. 
yeah, do a little unofficial judging John Hodgman. Aaron, yeah, let's judge. Let's judge John. Judging John. Uh, but mainly, I, with these new details come to light, and Aaron not getting her full say on here, I think I think we need the full the full Mueller report needs to come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. No redactions. We need to hear. We need to hear the truth here. Shall set ye free. Jerk practice. Jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Question for you, intelligence fans. How's your toothbrush looking these days? Even if you can't see it with the naked eye, experts say it may be saturated with millions of toilet germs. Our friend germ expert, Dr. Charles Gerbuck, is a microbiology professor at the University of Arizona. He says there are approximately 3 million bacteria per square inch in most toilet bowls. And every time you flush without closing the lid, those millions of bacteria droplets spray into the air as far as 20 feet away and contaminate everything in their path. And a common victim is your poor toothbrush, usually left out on the bathroom sink, right? So what do we do? Dr. Gerber says it's easy. Close the toilet lid before you flush. That'll drastically cut down on airborne germs. And rinse your toothbrush every few days in mouthwash or peroxide to blast any lingering germs. You can even put it through the dishwasher to sanitize it. And always store your toothbrush in a closed cabinet.